Welcome to the RSM Talk Big podcast, helping you invest well, understand money and achieve the best tax outcomes. Your hosts today are Andrew Sykes, Chris Oates and Young Han. Hello everyone and welcome to the RSM Talk Big podcast. My name is Andrew Sykes and I'll be your host today and I'm joined here in the studio with Chris Oates. G'day everyone. And Young Han. Hi everyone. Okay guys, uh, everyone's favourite topic, energy and energy prices today. Uh, Who hasn't felt the pinch of energy prices? Uh, What are your clients saying about it, Chris? Oh, It comes with the, in general, the cost of cost of living everything you notice everything going up but the big thing has been you get your electricity bills you get your gas bills everything's expensive everything is expensive and we're going to talk about that today and we're fortunate to be joined by uh, rsm partner in the brisbane office Jacob Elkishen. he's our national leader for resource mining energy and sustainability Jacob's got a stack of experience somewhere, 18 years, is it, Jacob? Yes, that's correct. Uh, that's a long time providing advice on uh, ESG and risk and, and, and energy. So, Jacob, you're going to talk us through a little bit on energy prices and a few other issues around energy today. Yeah, thanks Thanks very much, Andrew, and thanks, thanks for having me uh, on this podcast. And uh, it's great to be here and, and talk about this um, topical issue that's uh, actually impacting everyone at the moment. Well, it's hugely topical and and it opens up a whole world of um, energy efficiency and I, I think we'd love to have a closer look at things, um, you know, everyday energy issues and explore some of those government grants and taxes um, and incentives uh, and hopefully give us a bit of a, a way forward on, um, on energy sustainability. So if we start with that... Jacob, what exactly is energy efficiency and how can we measure it? Yeah, so energy efficiency is actually nothing new. Uh, I think we all remember or we'll still know with with, with respect to um, appliances, there's, there's energy ratings uh, on, on those and you may have noticed them or, or not noticed them, but th- that's been going around for as long as I can remember. Um, but I guess it's, it's picking up a bit more of a... a, a focus now uh, with new technologies, new, new possibilities around becoming more efficient uh, and also as you mentioned earlier with respect to the uh, rising energy prices uh, there is uh, more more sort of drive around investment and research and development. The other driver is, is, is climate change uh, which is potentially um, energy is, is a contributor to, to scope scope two emissions but also potentially scope one emissions so these are all the factors and uh, at the moment, a lot of businesses are, are being sort of forced to, to look at that as a, as a cost reduction strategy, uh, but and also um, its contribution to Australia's uh, net zero commitments of 43% in 2030 and zero in 2050. Yeah, I, I always thought that energy efficiency was mum coming in and saying, turn the lights off. <laughs> <laughs> but probably, uh, and mum still does it. So, how does energy efficiency impact on household and businesses? So, or how do energy prices? So, if we're not efficient, we pay more. How does that impact on households? And yeah, businesses? And, and Andrew, you joke about the um, turning off the lights, but um, when we when we sort of get under the hood of, of businesses and 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 assess uh, the, the energy usage, the energy behaviour, it, it can be as simple as um, <laughs> not, not 
that literally, but uh, it can be as simple as uh, watching how you use energy in, in certain areas by understanding that profile. So, um, yeah, it, it is actually true that that, that is a, a component of being energy efficient. But in terms of impact on households and businesses, I think it's it's important to, um, I guess, understand that uh, it is putting a lot of pressure. Uh, we mentioned earlier around um, the increasing cost, but also combined with inflation, with interest rates, uh, it, it is impacting businesses at that bottom line uh, in terms of having to uh, maintain cash flows and, and whatnot. Uh, I think it's also important to understand what, what, what are some of the drivers, just, just a bit of context uh, around um, what, what's sort of driving the, these prices. And it all comes back to supply and demand. Um, there are combina combinating factors around uh, that impact both the um, both curves around supply and demand. So the the, the Russian war, the sanctions around um, uh, uh, the sanctions with Russia, mainly impacting uh, gas and coal supply. Combination of increasing uh, intermittent renewable energy generation and, and reducing supply of dispatchable generation, so dispatchable generation are the traditional coal-fired, gas-fired power plants, ultimately decreasing supply, increasing uh, extreme weather events, ultimately uh, increasing demand, so rising temperatures. Canberra winter. Yes, correct. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that's impacting dem the demand profile. Uh, and then we're in we're we're transitioning away from fossil fuels, so we're transitioning away from large coal-fired power plants. Uh, they're they're being decommissioned and, and not maintained. So there is going to be a need uh, for dispatchable renewable generation in in the network. So this is around electricity. So that would include hydro and and batteries. So during this transition period we, we are going to feel uh, a, a lot of the, the the impact of of, of rising prices or uh, fluctuating prices so the onus is on businesses to to manage that risk uh, and and look at how they can be more resilient in the face of changing energy prices and and there are simple steps that I think we can we can talk about today that businesses can can look into uh, and and the, the most simple is just understanding your usage and, and, and your, your energy usage behaviour. Before we jump into that, I'd, I'd like to go back to something you said there about the war in Ukraine. I think it's very easy as someone sitting here over in Australia to say, well, they're fighting over there. Why is my gas bill going up? Or why is my energy bill going up? What What's the connection between that war and the Australian pricing? If we've got a, a war in Ukraine, as somebody here in Australia, why are my gas and energy prices going up? Yep. Um, so great, great question, Andrew. So it, it goes back to that supply. So uh, Russia did supply uh, coal and, and gas in, in the market. Uh, and uh, Australia does also uh, produce gas, but 80% of that gas is, is sent overseas. So uh, ultimately impacts that supply of, um, of gas uh, globally and uh, and and ultimately impacting Australia. With coal, uh, as, as you've noticed, uh, coal prices are extremely high or were extremely high. Uh, again, it's, it's just more demand for that for that coal in the market. Uh, and I think this this year uh, was, was sort of the first year, uh, or last year was the first year uh, ever where thermal coal was, was more expensive than met coal. So um, that war uh, in, in Ukraine has an impact on, on the global supply of, of fossil fuel. And then it's just more the, the, the energy networks uh, still need 
fossil fuels at the moment as we're going through this transition. So basically that's the impact on, on the prices. So it's that worldwide pricing market. If uh, a producer here in Australia can sell it overseas for four or five times the price, they will. So we have to pay world prices. Correct, Supply yeah. demand economics. Supply yeah, demand yeah. economics. Yeah. Basically. Uh, and, and these contracts Australia has, uh, Australian uh, gas companies have a, a longer term contract. So it's nothing that can be done with those. Um, they may have been around before even before the, the war started. So, um, yeah, sort of the, sort of the perfect storm uh, of, of, of things happening to, to res- result in these uh, record prices. Yeah, and it's really easy to say, well, why don't we change the contracts? But if they're long-term contracts, it made economic sense at the time. Country to country. Country yeah. to country. It's pretty hard to do, isn't it? Yeah, that's correct. So you talk a bit about we were exploring energy efficiency. Are we doing enough in terms of – and you mentioned climate change – there's a lot of um, uh, discussion around not mining coal and the use of coal, the use of gas. Uh, that's one side of the equation. But the other one that you highlighted before is our actual usage. Are we doing enough on the efficiency side? The short answer to that question is no. Uh, and that's uh, nationally within Australia, but if, you can even extend that to, to globally. Just And when I say no, it's, it's relative to the commitments that have been made on a global scale. So as I mentioned... 43% uh, in, in Australia nationally, a uh, reduction in um, 2030 and then uh, net zero in 2050. There's net zero uh, commitments uh, in, uh, in other sort of major countries as well. Relative to that, we, we aren't doing enough. Uh, and I know there's, there's sort of two, two driving pressures, as I mentioned earlier, around um, the strive for being more efficient with energy. One is, is just cost savings uh, around prices, but also, as, as you mentioned now, with respect to, to climate change. So, um, yeah, so I guess no is, is the answer, but um, we there there are some limitations around what you can do with the cost of that investment, uh, the availability of the right technologies. Uh, so it's a... Uh, it, there are a few things to consider and it's not as simple as uh, doing everything now uh, and it, and uh, I can tell you a bit about what, what sort of some of the first steps would be as you start to look at your um, uh, becoming more efficient with energy and, and ultimately reducing greenhouse gas emissions. So big picture energy prices looking at the cost but on a day-to-day basis whether it's individuals whether it's businesses everybody being impacted what's some of the strategies that we could or practical tips that you've got for people yeah great question so i think firstly it's important to understand your baseline profile um, so that's as i mentioned early energy behavior and usage so data is is king with with most strategic decisions these days so and there is so much data available that you can uh, get around your consumption so um in relation to some of the, the strategies, um, as I mentioned before, that there are also there there have always been appliance energy ratings uh, available. I think for the past thirty years, six star rating system around air conditioners, fridges, washing machines, dryers, dishwashers, TVs, um, and in also around um, control systems, uh, looking at how you can control energy usage within within a building within within a uh, within a household, uh, renewable energies is sort of the big one uh, around using solar uh, with in uh, in residential homes and also considering purchasing renewable energy from the grid. Uh, and also uh, the the big sort of the the quick win is uh, optimizing lighting uh, using 
LEDs or uh, complex fluorescent lamps, uh, just installing that can can result in immediate uh, efficiency gains on on consumption. Uh, and then yeah, and then I can talk about some of the incentives that are, that are out there around that. So, Jacob, uh, when mum comes in next time and says, turn the light off, we can say, hey, it's an LED and it costs <laughs> almost nothing to run. So just turn the old-fashioned ones off. I was reading an article uh, a week or two ago uh, which spoke about triple glazing, and they are actually saying that with triple glazing, you don't need a heater in the house. That's true. I've done it in my house. You've done it? Yep. So we had the single glaze, just crappy old windows. And the first thing first thing we did was to changing that to UPBC windows. And I was thinking, there's a host of other work that we need to do for the house. Why are you changing window as a first thing? And I just thought, like, this is a waste of money. No. Nah. In Canberra, wintertime, I didn't even hear that put the heater on because I was getting the sunlight during the day and it captured, it just stays inside a house. Like it does, I don't lose it until, you know, later 8 o'clock at night. Jacob, any other tips on using our heaters and actually just reducing our consumption? Yeah, uh, and, and obviously triple glazing is, is, is sort of the, the, the big one at the moment. Uh, it, it can result in, in, um, in lowering the, your energy costs um, and, uh, and, and better than doubling um, um, savings around that. Um, and then, in terms of understanding again where, where you, how much of your heater you use uh, in which different rooms, so having that data and that information, you can uh, actually optimize usage at the right times of the day or in the right rooms, uh, and all of that information is becoming very accessible now through um, through the techno technological advances. Some tips for me was that actually just have a look at all the appliances that you have. And if their energy rating is really crappy, you're better off buying a new one because you're actually going to save your energy bill in long term rather than trying to use... Can you're looking at you just review your appliances and then if you got the appliances that's really old with a really low energy efficiency rate... Just remove it. Just replace it with a new one that uh, has got an energy rating high enough so that you are going to save energy bill in long term. And also another thing was about, you know, looking at changing from gas to electricity. So according to the Climate Council data, you can actually save 500 to 1,900 per year if you actually change from the gas to electricity. And new dwellings at the moment, you actually cannot have a gas. Not in Canberra. So it's banned in Canberra, new gas. Yep. So, Jacob, if, if I can ask you, we're, we're talking about making some changes. Uh, energy efficient upgrades expensive? Yes, uh, th they do. Uh, they are expensive. Uh, but as as, um, as there's more provider supplies, it'll, it'll bring the cost down. And as new technology um, advances, it'll, it'll bring the cost down as well. Um, but uh, we're moving to the point where um, there isn't going to be much choice. Uh, so I guess the early adopting uh, sort of puts you ahead of the game. The, and then the other thing to consider is there are incentives uh, out there that potentially could help um, with with that cost. Um, and then, yeah, whilst the, the initial investment may be high, the, the return on investment could, could be um, uh, greater uh, over the longer term, as, as Young mentioned, by um, investing in these things. So it's important to consider uh, the the whole the full sort of buyback period and whatnot when you're making these these, these decisions, but as I 
uh, initially stated, it's also important to consider the, the data because you may invest in something that uh, results in being more efficient for energy in, in, in a particular appliance that you don't really use or in a particular area that you don't really use. So you won't get that, that higher return on investment or that uh, longer term um, buyback. And it's, it's where we, we've talked before about the power of compound interest. If you're going to make the change, you use solar panels and, and batteries, uh, storage is the example. A lot of people waited because they thought the batteries were expensive. But if you've started saving and you've started those energy savings, it's a matter of doing it and making the most of it so that you sort of think if you wait five years because you've the batteries seem too expensive, the savings you could have made over that time, you're probably losing out yeah. down the right path there, Jake. Yeah, that's correct. And and I, when I say yes, it's more for the for the larger sort of in, um, such as renewables and but the, the the easy quick wins that Young mentioned around switching to um, electrical appliances, um, looking at that uh, the, the the energy star rating. Um, so the, the, those are easy wins that potentially don't cost as much and then can can provide a quicker return on sorry a quicker return on investment and and um, break even point. And speaking about the solar panel, I think there's a lot of providers actually offer that and they always give you a call and say, oh, there's a government grant available. It won't cost you anything. Just get it set up. I think the tip, and this is from my experience, is that don't look at the upfront cost. Look at how much they're going to pay you and they buy back your energy. Because in long term, that's what's going to save you money and make the investment worthwhile. So looking at that kind of different providers, looking at how much they're going to buy back for your electricity, and that's how you can make the decision. If you don't have that lump sum money available in your bank account, you can look into different incentives as well. Yeah, so Jacob, a lot of this, and we've we've spoken about, obviously it's very important in an inflationary environment, everyone's focused on, on costs and savings and, and why does everything go up? But We've also spoken about other things, um, which is around climate change and renewable energy, and and that leads us into that uh, ESG or environmental, social, and and governance considerations. What what is ESG, and how important is it in making these kinds of decisions and in today's business landscape? Yeah, so fr- from a business standpoint, ESG is is probably one of the hottest topics that. Um, I uh, am, am speaking to boards about, uh, and uh, and it does relate back to risk management 101. Um, so ESG is, is nothing really new. It, it sort of originated from the financial markets. Uh, it sort of relates to corporate social responsibility. It relates to triple bottom line reporting. So it's not a, not a new concept, but uh, ESG is, is really a catch-all to enable businesses to provide transparency to stakeholders uh, on non, non-financial components of their business. So um, the, the term uh, ESGs is really, th- these are the three pillars uh, around environmental, social and governance, and um, there are risks associated across each of those three pillars. Um, and there are inter- interdependencies between the three pillars too. Um, you can't, um, an environment, being environmentally uh, conscious ultimately provides a, a better social social benefit and then you need that right governance around that so there, there there are interdependencies but from a from a financial markets perspective it provides stakeholders more transparency on what businesses are doing uh outside of the the, the financial aspect of their business so all, all financial reporting especially for uh, asx listed are public so uh, you can do a lot of analysis on on the financial uh 
part of the business. It's more capturing what 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 are, what's the business doing in relation to the transition um, transition to, to net zero. What's what are what are businesses doing around community uh, social value? What are businesses doing around governance? So it, it provides a metric to uh, understand that longer term sustainability of a business. That's where it all, it all comes from, and that's essentially, uh, I guess, what I believe is, is the intent behind it. It's purely around providing more transparency. That's measuring just not financial impacts, but social, environmental impacts. Uh, it, it's almost like you're saying, hey, well, it's measuring doing the right thing and being a good corporate citizen. Is that, yeah, is that a fair comment? And ultimately, the stakeholders of, of a business, being their, their customers, being their uh, shareholders, being their financiers, uh, their employees even, they all have a vested interest in, in these aspects of a business and ESG is designed to, to make that more transparent to these stakeholders so that they can value uh, a business um, over a, a longer term sustainability point of view. I think easiest way to explain this just in day-to-day individuals is that we need to have the environment safe for our next generation. If we don't have the nature and the environment that we have now, what's going to future look like? We, we can't do business if we don't have that environment. If we can't do any more trades between countries and have a travel tourist happening if we don't have the environment to enjoy. So yeah. I think it comes down to that side of, you know, very basic things. Why, we, why is it important for us? Is it because of the financial requirement? Is that because it needs to be transparent? I think it's really simple as we need to take care of the environment. Yeah, I think it's a, where a lot of people in the past, it's always been about the bottom line and the dollar getting the best outcome, whereas now there's a lot more people, there's a lot more emphasis on doing the right thing. Um, that's where, the, as you said, the finance is. Just getting people to work for you. Yeah. So, Jacob, you mentioned that ESG is a hot topic. Are you seeing that these ESG considerations are now becoming more and more important, making a bigger factor in major business decisions? One hundred percent. It and uh, it may not impact a business directly, but there there is a hundred percent an indirect impact because a business's customers uh, may be making decisions based on uh, an ESG rating of of their of their supplier so ultimately it is influencing decisions from uh, as i mentioned before with uh, in investors with with uh, supp- uh, suppliers customers with banks and with uh, employees that they're looking to these these factors to, to to influence their decision on who they work for who they provide funding for and uh, and um, uh, who they who they buy from so Basically, yes, is, 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 is the answer to that question. And terrific. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you for your time today. Uh, Chris and Young, thanks for your, for your time. And everyone who's joined us on the RSM Talk Big podcast, we hope you found that discussion interesting and insightful. ESG, environment, energy efficiency are all incredibly important and interesting topics. RSM uh, is does a lot of work in this area and we have a lot of uh, information available. If you want to go and read up more on this, just go to RSMU and you'll find a a stack of information there on ESG, energy efficiency. And we have just released our Think Big report on sustainability, which is going to give you more insights um, and strategies um, and and more in-depth on this topic. Thank you once again for tuning into the RSM Talk Big podcast. My name's Andrew Sykes. I've been your host for today. And you can subscribe 
share, leave on your favourite podcast platform. Uh, We'll talk to you next time. Talk big. Create, save and protect with RSM.